0: Building Stronger Creatives, a fitness podcast for musicians, artists, nerds, and former misfits. I'm a former out-of-shape professional musician turned personal trainer and nutrition coach to hundreds of clients, and I'll give you no-nonsense information about what it really takes to get and stay fit within the context of a creative life. Here, you'll find practical advice on strength and endurance training, sane and simple nutrition, habit building, and time management tools to help you make lifestyle changes that actually stick. Most fitness coaches have no clue what it really means to be a creative, whether you're a professional or a passionate hobbyist. I'm different. I've been where you are, and I share your values. Let me show you how you can use the gym to build a kick-ass creative life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to episode 54 of Building Stronger Creatives. I'm your host, Caroline Juster. I know I've been gone for about a month, and today I'm going to explain what I've been doing and share some relevant fitness lessons that you can hopefully apply to your own life. Now, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on this podcast before, but I, back in March, signed up for an open water swimming race here in Chicago in Lake Michigan. It's called the Big Shoulders Swim. The backstory is that for many, many years, probably like four or five years, I've been saying every year I'm going to do open water swimming in Lake Michigan. And every year would come and I would do nothing about it. I would barely swim if I would even swim at all. And I wouldn't get in the lake. And year after year after year, this happened. Now, back when I uh, back in January, when I came back from New Zealand... I was a little down in the dumps. If you've listened to this podcast for a while, you heard several episodes that I did about that trip, and you know that I did a lot of planning and preparation and physical training to make sure that I was in good shape to do all those really cool hikes that we did. And I had a ton of fun during that process, and it was super, super motivating. It made me excited to hit the gym. It made me go to the gym on days that I wasn't excited. It made me do things that pushed me out of my comfort zone, and I felt like I got a lot fitter and stronger, and it was really awesome to see like hard work in the gym applied to something that was um, exciting, fun, adventurous for me outside the gym. And so when I came back from that trip, first of all, I came from Southern Hemisphere summer, and it was beautiful, and the days were super long to like the grayest January here ever in Chicago. There was no sun all month. I just felt like, you know, what am I doing? I continued to work out, but I wasn't that excited about it. I didn't feel very motivated. And I realized that I needed a new goal to guide my training. And I figured, you know what, like I open water swimming was top of mind for me because we did a little bit not like racing or really for exercise, but more for fun in New Zealand. And I was reminded once again that this was something that I've said I wanted to do. So way back in January, I decided, you know what, this summer is gonna be the summer that I finally take action. So what I originally started doing was just going to the pool. Of course, it's a little too cold to swim in Lake Michigan in uh, January and February, but I was really disciplined about going to the pool, working on my stroke, gradually building back up my swim fitness. And it must have been sometime in like late February when another regular at the pool told me about this race, the big shoulder swim. Now, apparently this is like a well-known and well-established event in the open water swimming community, but because I've never really done open water swimming, I, I I had never heard of it. However, I instantly knew after talking to this guy, like this is perfect. It's an actual event. It will put me on the hook. It will give me something to train for. So enrollment for the race opened on March 1st and I signed up all those months ago. And since then I have been Swimming consistently, I will say I didn't swim as much in the like final buildup to my July hiking trip in Washington State that I did this year because I had to do rucking and I had to do some of the other training like things I had done for New Zealand I brought back. But the last seven weeks, so the last couple of months, I was totally committed to this swim race. So I hired a my old, Actually, my old manager at a gym I used to work at is now a professional triathlete, and she's been a lifelong swimmer. I have a lot of respect for her, trust for her. Her name is Michelle Stratton, and I hired her to write me a swim program. Now, I knew that I would be working hard, but Michelle definitely pushed me. For example, in the last few weeks before the race, I was swimming five times a week. I think the most distance that I built up to was like the week before the race, I swam seven and a half total miles over five workouts. Now, these workouts were probably about 45 minutes to an hour, but when you account for time to either get to the lake to do an open water workout or time to get to the pool, time to shower, time to change, it took about a couple of hours out of my day every single day. And it was challenging, as I'm gonna tell you more about later, to fit all these workouts in. But I had hired the coach, I put myself on the hook, I really I knew I could complete the race distance, which was 2.5 kilometers. I wasn't worried about finishing the race, but I thought, you know what, like I wanna see how well I can do. And so I was really, really committed to this process. And I did really well at the race. My original goal when I first signed up was finish in under an hour. And my final time was 46 minutes and eight seconds, I believe. Now, the conditions on race day weren't the greatest. On the one hand, the lake was warm and it was a beautiful day, so that was nice. But on the other hand, there were some like one to two foot waves, not life-threatening waves by any means, but waves that make it challenging to like see where you're going. Since when you're doing open water swimming, you have to pick your head up and look for Landmarks and other swimmers and things like that. And sometimes when you go to breathe, you swallow a wave. So it was a little bit challenging, but I'm really, really happy with that time, all things considered. And I actually finished in the top third of all the 2.5 kilometer swimmers. I was thinking I'd finish in the top half. So ultimately, the training that I did paid off. Uh, I got a lot faster and a lot more confident. And more importantly, I really enjoyed the training process and I enjoyed the the swims even when they kind of sucked like they were hard or i was having a terrible day i didn't get a lot of sleep and i really just am falling more and more in love with swimming again and so i'm looking forward to sort of maybe entering more races or doing other things with that moving forward but i'm sharing all this because this is related to why i wasn't on the podcast around uh june i started taking on a lot more in-person coaching hours So some of you know, I am an online coach, and I work with a lot of musicians and artists and creatives, and I also do in-person coaching in Chicago, where I live. Now, originally, I thought I would be coaching maybe an additional 15 to 20 hours a week. But unexpectedly, in August, all of a sudden, without much warning, I had to coach essentially 40 extra hours a week. So that's on top of the I don't know, maybe 10-15 hours of coaching that I was already doing with long-term clients. And it doesn't include the work I do with my online clients. It doesn't include the time that I spend writing workouts for all my clients in person and online, watching people's form videos and giving feedbacks, doing check-ins, doing nutrition coaching, and also just planning and preparing for all those in-person sessions so I know what the hell I'm going to do with the person on the day that I'm supposed to train them. And so... All of a sudden my workload was like hugely increased and it was challenging in a lot of ways. First of all, it was challenging for me physically and mentally because I wasn't getting much sleep because I I trained clients early in the morning and I also now was training clients pretty late into the evening. Some days I was only getting four hours of sleep, and my average was probably around six. So that includes a couple of days that I did get to sleep in, like on the weekend, that maybe skewed the average up, but Most days of the week, especially days that I was working, days that I was trying to swim, I was only getting four to six hours of sleep. And also, I mean, the work schedule made it challenging to fit in my swims. Because first of all, if I was trying to swim in the open water outside, I had to plan according to the weather. Because some days, especially on Lake Michigan, a huge body of water, they have these beach hazard warnings, like the waves are going to be seven feet, don't go in the water, you might drown. So I have to sort of adjust based on the weather. And then I also had some difficulty getting a pool because my usual pool closed for the summer and so I had to join a different gym and I had to travel a little bit further. So all of this was going on and this is the reason that I didn't do my podcast and I, I didn't really show up much on social media or do my email list, all the regular things that I love sharing information with my audience, with you, the listener. It just, I literally didn't have time. And this is the first time in my life that I've had this experience that I know a lot of people have. And I've been privileged that I've had a lot more flexibility, but I literally did not have time to do a lot of things. And so I made the conscious decision to, of course, prioritize my clients. My clients are always my number one priority and I really care about them and I try to provide a lot of help and coaching and put a lot of thought into their programming and all that stuff. I also made a choice to prioritize my swims. As I mentioned, you know, I hired a coach. I was really wanting to do my best effort. And I was going to hit my workouts no matter what, even if I literally couldn't do anything else during the day, even if I was skipping meals sometimes, you know, things that are not ideal long term, I would eat fewer meals so that I would have time to go to the pool. And I really learned a lot through this process. And it gave me a lot of empathy for my clients, many of whom, as I just mentioned, are this busy all the time one reason why maybe they have kids. Kids take a shit ton of time and energy and you can't just uh you know, write them off. Like you have to be available or you have to have the time to take care of them and, and sort of be on call in some senses. Um other clients are just really busy with gigging and rehearsals and they have to be so coordinated with their scheduling so that they can get to where they need to go and fit in their practice. I think about my college professor when I was at music school and and As a college student, I don't think I appreciated all the things he was juggling. And now as a professional and someone who really sees how much time it takes to get around and fit everything in, I think, wow, like this guy was really, really on top of his schedule and he was really fitting in a ton of stuff and he probably really didn't have much extra time or he probably made some sacrifices. So I know a lot of creative people are really busy, have a lot going on, and it can be challenging to figure out like what role does exercise play here and so I want to share some of the lessons that I learned to maybe give you some perspective to give you more information and hopefully guide some decisions that you make about your own process so the first thing that I'll say is that if you want to pursue like a really challenging fitness goal it's going to take a lot of time and it's going to take a lot of mental emotional potentially financial resources from you and sometimes you're willing to make that trade-off and sometimes you aren't So for me, like I said, this race meant a lot to me. I had really committed to it. And I decided like I'm gonna obviously show up for work, take care of my clients and do my best there. And I I wanna prioritize swimming and pretty much everything else had to fall by the wayside. For example, I usually spent a lot of time creating this podcast, sending emails, making videos for social media, and I really had to put a pause on that stuff. And that was a big trade-off that I made because I enjoy doing that. I enjoy connecting with people. It's helpful for me to meet uh, connect with potential clients or other creative people. And I had to put all that on pause because there just wasn't enough time and I didn't have enough energy to do it. Now, If you have a physical goal that's really important to you, maybe you have a race or an event of your own, or maybe, you know, you've decided like I'm really serious about losing weight or building muscle and like I really need to do it. It's really important to me. Just know that you probably will have to make other sacrifices and other trade-offs if you're also prioritizing, for example, your family or your work life. I really don't think after going through this experience that you can have like more than two big priorities. I just can't see how that would be possible. You know, it's totally possible to give like a moderate effort or maintain or make slow but steady progress in multiple areas. But if you really want to go all in, in something to grow, to get better, to compete, You know, maybe you're preparing for an audition, as an example. It doesn't have to be a physical goal. And you also want to prioritize like work or fitness or family, like you can only really pick two of those things. And I think that it's important to know this before getting started so you don't end up frustrated. We call this managing expectations. I don't think it's realistic to expect that you can lose a bunch of weight and work all the time and spend a lot of time engaging with your family and friends and your social life. You're probably going to have to pick one of those things to slow down a little bit, take your foot off the gas if you really want to grow in one or two areas. So there's trade-offs. It doesn't mean you can't make progress. It just means that the level of commitment, the speed and intensity of results you can expect will have to decrease if you're not willing to make those kinds of sacrifices. So the second lesson sort of builds off of this, and that's that if you see someone excelling or doing really well in one area of their life, they are almost certainly, I don't wanna say 100% because I can't speak to every situation, but I pretty much guarantee that they are making sacrifices elsewhere that you just don't see, either because they just don't talk about it or because they glorify the things that are good. So I'll share some more examples from my own experience. So as I mentioned, I sacrificed essentially creating content and growing my business that way in order to train all my clients, take care of my existing clients, and swim. I sacrificed sleep. I was definitely not sleeping a healthy amount. I sacrificed nutrition to an extent because, first of all, I was totally thrown out of whack with my normal eating schedule where I make my meals at home and I have them at certain times. Like, there are huge chunks of the day where because I was coaching clients, I literally could not eat for like seven, eight hours at a time and i also didn't have as much time to be at home to prepare meals so i ate out a lot so first of all i maybe sacrificed a little bit of quality the healthy meals that i usually make at home versus restaurant meals although i did my best to like go to sweet green and get salads and things like that and i also sacrificed costs because it costs a lot more money to eat out versus make food at home other sacrifices that i made were essentially my social life i really i had a couple of trips that I planned that were planned in advance for example I went to a bachelorette party which was really fun out of town but like because of that when I was in town you know I didn't have any time to see friends I didn't have time to go out I didn't honestly spend that much time with my partner like these are things that are not they're important to me long term and they're not sacrifices I'm willing to make long term but in the short term they had to happen in order for me to work and get in my swims I also basically sacrificed all of my hobbies, so I like to read for fun, I like to go for leisure walks, I like to do other things that are not related to work, and I didn't have time to do any of that stuff. So while on social media you might see like, wow, Caroline's coaching a lot, like she's has a lot of great uh, clients that are doing great things and she did this awesome race, what you don't see are all of the other things that I had to pay for, the coach, the pool, eating out, all of those things, all of the things that I sacrificed, you know, sleep, nutrition, time with loved ones, those things all had to take a back seat or be stopped in order for me to do what I did. Again, it's just important to know this stuff because I think sometimes we see people doing cool shit and we think, wow, like they're doing it all. They have everything. And I guarantee that that's not the full picture. And so it's important for you to get clear on like what are your own values, what's important to you and what sacrifices are you willing to make? I don't think there's anything wrong with saying like, you know what, I'm not willing to sacrifice time with my family or my social life in order to train for a really intense fitness goal. Or I don't know, you know, in my case, maybe I would have said, you know what, like I don't want to stop making the podcast and, and creating videos like I'm going to take on fewer clients. But I made those choices and then I stuck with it. And I just think that getting clear on that stuff in the beginning is really helpful so you don't. Expect things that are unrealistic or you don't put yourself in a position where you're going to burn out or be really unhappy and end up frustrated. The third lesson that was super, super important to me, and was something that I already knew a little bit, but I really was hammered home during this experience, is that if you are really busy, and this is true if you're pursuing like a big goal like I was, or even if you're just trying to work out consistently while being really busy, Planning, planning, planning is your best friend. So for me, I employed multiple levels of planning. The first level was that I hired a coach and she wrote me a program. So I got the program like seven, eight weeks ago and it had every single swim written out. I knew how many swims I was gonna do each week. I knew that they were in the pool or the open water. I knew exactly what I was gonna do. Everything was written down and there was no guessing and no surprises. So I was never going to the pool or the lake and being like, oh, what am I going to do today? What do I feel like? I All that stuff was already decided. So it's a level of decision making, excuse me, and planning that I didn't have to do. And I outsourced that. You could do it yourself, certainly. But I think knowing exactly what you're going to do with your training is absolutely essential. So you just don't waste time. The second thing that I did was that everything was scheduled out. Like literally put in my Google Calendar. The first thing that I would schedule, of course, were my in-person training sessions. I would coordinate with clients. I would make sure everything was squared away. All that time's blocked off. Okay, then I would look at what's left and I would look at my training plan and I would say, when am I going to swim? Where am I going to go? You know, I would potentially look at the weather to see when I might be able to go to the lake and I put the swims in next. And then around the swims, I also made sure to block off time to either bike to the lake or drive to the pool. I made time to shower and change after I was done, since I always had to do that. I made time to transport myself to work or wherever I was going next. And I made time to eat. All that stuff was also put in my calendar. Like I mentioned earlier, that means that instead of thinking like, oh, I only have to swim for an hour, I knew that the whole process would probably take me a couple of hours. And then I would look at the time that was left and I would fit in other obligations that were a little more flexible. For example, doing check-ins with clients, writing client programs, those things have a, a deadline per se, but they don't need to be done at a specific time of day. And so all that stuff was in my calendar and I knew exactly where I needed to be. I knew more or less how long things would take and it helped me like be realistic about what else I could do. So if I see that my whole day is booked and I have half an hour left over, I know That's probably not enough time to record a podcast, for example. And a lot of days, my Google Calendar was literally blocked off from like 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. And that might sound stressful to you, and it is a little stressful. Uh, In a perfect world, I would like to have more flexibility, but the commitments that I made during that time period demanded that level of planning. And so, if you're really busy and you're trying to make time to exercise or do anything else, really, And it's just not happening, not happening. I strongly suggest if you're not already doing it, get more disciplined with your planning and your calendar. First, plan things that are really important, you know, your top priority, things that can't be moved. Then put in your workouts. Like, when can you work out? Do you need to shorten the time? Like, how long is it going to take you to change and eat after? Like, Be realistic about all that stuff and then plan the rest of your day around it. Again, you don't have to be doing like five hour, five, six hours of training a week. It could be, you know, two or three 30-minute workouts, but taking the time to plug them into your calendar and really doing your best to protect that time will make it a lot more likely that you'll actually get that stuff in. So the fourth lesson that I learned is that having an event or a goal that's really motivating and meaningful to you will get your butt in the gym. Now, the caveat here is that like, it has to be meaningful. It has to be important. Like if I really didn't care about this race and I didn't really want to do my best, like on a deep level, there's no way in hell that I would have swam as much as I did, that I would have worked as hard as I did. Um, I enjoyed the training, as I mentioned, but a lot of the workouts were super fucking hard. And uh, if you've ever done any type of like endurance or cardio training for a race, you know that like at some point it's really uncomfortable training and you're not exactly having fun in the moment. But The process of getting better, of showing up for myself, and ultimately of doing well in the race is the reward for me. So if you have a goal that you like don't really care that much about, you're just kind of training and you don't really have anything on the horizon and you really want that spark and you want that motivation, either entering some kind of a race or event doesn't have to be cardio like it could be a CrossFit game or a powerlifting meet or a Tough Mudder like I don't know anything really. Or tying, if you have like a body change or other type of goal, tying it to things that are really important to you. For example, many years ago when I first got in shape, like I had a health scare and I was terrified of going down a a bad path of chronic disease. And that motivated me to show up even when I really didn't want to. Like having something that's important to you or putting yourself on the hook will make it a lot more likely that you actually show up to train. In the long run, the goal is to have some sort of intrinsic motivation where you do enjoy training and you enjoy showing up and getting better, even if there's no like race or event or end goal. But in the short term, those things can be super motivating for me. You know, I would not have trained as hard, would not have swam as consistently if not for the race. But because I went through the process and because I had so much fun training and getting better, Now I'm like, what else can I do? Like I went and swam this week again, even after my race, even though I have nothing else going on. So I'm developing more of an intrinsic motivation. But having the race, having that goal was really motivating to train harder. So this is good advice, even if you're not that busy or you're not, um, I don't know, scrambling for time to fit in your workouts, just in general, putting yourself on the hook, finding something that's related to stuff that's really important to you will help you be more consistent with your workouts. So the fifth and final lesson that I learned is that I personally was capable of a lot more than I realized. If you had asked me six months ago if I could have a month like I had where I was working 60 plus hours a week, including, you know, 40, 50 hours of in-person training on my feet and train for the race and gotten actually better in the pool, gotten fitter, I would not have believed you. I would have said like, you know, I would crash, like I would get hurt. I would not be able to stick with it. I would be burnt out. And while I definitely had a lot of challenges in the month and I wouldn't want to do it all the time, ultimately, I came out, first of all, a better coach, more engaged with my clients, better able to help people, having more tools in my toolbox. And second, like very obviously, objectively, a better, fitter, stronger, faster swimmer. And I did that well, not sleeping a lot, not eating that well, being really stressed out. So I think to myself, like, imagine what I could do if I was well-rested, if I was eating well, if I was feeling good. And it just showed me that, like, while you shouldn't crush yourself like this all the time, um, you're just a lot tougher and more resilient than you think. And especially in the short term, like, in service of things that are important to you, especially if you have you have consciously made these decisions like I did, you can handle a lot and you can get through the other side better and you can learn from the experience. I beat my suggested swim time by like what is it, 25 percent? I swam 15 minutes faster than I thought, even in not the greatest conditions. And you know, I didn't die, <laughs> I didn't get sick uh, from from not sleeping. And and now that things are calming down a little bit, I just feel like the experience was really rewarding. It was challenging. I would not want to do it all the time, as I mentioned earlier. I don't want to make the sacrifices that I made all the time. But I saw like, wow, I could really show up for myself and get it done when conditions were really shitty when I had a lot going on and and I didn't have a lot of resources. I wasn't really feeling that great all the time. And and now I feel awesome about the whole thing. So if you're struggling with something, it could be totally unrelated to this, but just know that you're a lot more resilient than you maybe think. You're tougher. You can always learn from things. You can learn what you don't want. (laughs) You can learn what to change in the future. But Having like a purpose, having a vision, having some goal, there's something that's aligned with with your values will, will make it a lot easier to get through that process. So again, just to summarize five lessons that I've learned about making time for exercise, about the role of fitness through going through this process where I was training really intensely while also being really, really busy, probably the busiest I've ever been in my life. The first lesson was that you can really only have a couple of big priorities if they're really time intensive or you're trying to actually get better at something it's totally fine to be in maintenance mode or to just accept a little bit slower progress in order to devote more time and energy to multiple areas of your life the second lesson was that if you see people excelling and doing really well in something they're always hidden sacrifices or sacrifices that you just don't see those might be like personal well-being sacrifices they might be financial sacrifices they might even be health sacrifices Just know that nobody's doing it all with ease. People are always making trade-offs. And if you want to do something at a high level, you want to really push yourself, it's important to accept and understand those trade-offs before you begin. The third lesson was that um, planning is really, 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 really important, especially if you're really busy and you're trying to make more time for exercise. Like You have to plan and schedule things out. I know it would be great to just do whatever you want, whenever you want to do it. But if if that's if you're able to do that, then you probably don't need the lessons from this workout. You're probably not that busy. Maybe you're not working or you have some other um, super easy schedule. I don't know. But if you're a busy person, you have a lot going on and you want to train hard, you want to train more consistently or more frequently, you have to schedule that stuff in. The fourth lesson was that if you want to be more consistent, having a goal like a specific event or race is really motivating, especially if it's something you actually care about or you actually want to do, or alternatively, making sure that your fitness goals are tied to your bigger values. Without that stuff, it's hard to continue showing up even when the workouts suck, when you're tired or you don't have a lot of time. And then the fifth and final lesson was that you're probably a lot more resilient than you think. Again, I don't want you to think I'm saying like, go hard or go home, like crush yourself all the time. Like, I don't think that's sustainable or ideal long term. But in the short term, you can probably handle a lot more than you realize. I certainly could. So I am optimistic that I'll be back to weekly episodes again. Coaching schedule is died down a little bit. Uh, I'm not training for the race, although... I had so much fun doing it that I am looking for other opportunities to swim more. But in the meantime, I hope to be back with you weekly. I hope to bring back the guest episodes and I appreciate you being here and listening to me ramble on about this as always if you want to talk with me about the episode you have questions about something i said you have a request for a guest or a future topic i always love to hear from you and i always respond when people reach out the best way to do that is to dm me on instagram at caroline juster or you can send me an email caroline at caroline i hope you have a great rest of your week and i will see you on the next episode thanks so much for listening to this episode of building stronger creatives if something you heard resonated with you i would love for you to share this episode with someone else who might enjoy it i also always appreciate comments ratings and reviews these things help me get the word out to other creatives who could benefit from this type of information see you back on the next episode Until then, stay curious, stay passionate, and stay strong.